Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Show. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing, if you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do, or if you're a homeschool mama looking for community, connection, and encouragement, then this is the podcast for you. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com, and I'm here to encourage you that you can reframe your challenges and maybe even turn them into charms. So welcome, Homeschool Mama. Today, I get to introduce you to Jen Babakan. Jen is an author and freelance writer living in California with her husband and two young sons. She's the author of Detoured, The Messy Graceville Journey, from working professional to stay-at-home mom, and her freelance work has been featured in various national news outlets. I met Jen on Instagram. I love what she does for the homeschool and the mom community. She says she is a cheerleader of stay-at-home moms, and she sure is. So let's get to know Jen. Well, it is such a pleasure to officially meet you because I know you on Instagram, as you say, the cheerleader of stay-at-home moms, but I know you on Instagram as the mom <laughs> that makes me laugh every day. I identify with everything. I love that. Day. And actually, I pulled my iPad out here because I wanted to share. I knew I wasn't going to remember it, but I know we can't do an entire interview in memes, although I suppose we could try. But you did have a few memes last week that I wanted to share with the audience because they just crack me up and make me feel like someone is homeschooling, parenting alongside me. So you said in one of yours, or at least you reposted one of yours, you said, ever used your phone to shine a light on your kid's face to see if they've finally fallen asleep and then accidentally dropped it on their head? Uh, Me neither. (laughs) I've been there, done that. Or you say uh, parenting involves a lot more internal screaming than I'd previously anticipated. Oh, yeah. Yes. You said I've been a mom of one, a mom of two, a mom in grad school, a stay at home mom, a working mom. And guess what? It's all hard. All of it. No matter which mom you are, stop bringing other moms down to support them. And that's exactly what I get from your Instagram page is a whole lot of cheerleading. Oh, thank you so much. You know, that is, that's what I'm trying to do. And, you know, those memes that I share, I get those, I get those from other moms, you know, and I'm really, uh, you know, I really make it a point to give them credit for their hilarity. Um, you know, because I, what I see, um, them posting something that I relate with, I know that my audience will relate to it as well, because it's just so hilarious and it's everyday life. And it's just, trudging through motherhood together. Um, And so that's what I have uh, been trying to do here lately, especially during the pandemic. I feel like as moms, what we really need is that break to just laugh and, and uh, relax a little bit. Um, And so I still, you know, I still post my thoughts on, on faith and, and God and all of those things. Uh, But I definitely have been working harder to pepper in um, just the hilarity of life with kids at home, because you cannot, you cannot be a mom of small children without, uh, without making fun of it in some way. I feel like there's just so much hilarity that fills every day. You know, there's sentences that I say that, that I never, I mean, I remember when my, um, 
one of my sons was, was young. I had to request that he like stop licking my ankles. And <laughs> I remember, I remember looking at my husband saying, now there's a sentence I never thought I would say, like th- th- there's these moments yeah. every day where you're just like, I, I don't know where this came from. I think that is so funny. I actually, last week, I think it was COVID anniversary and mm-hmm. I had congratulated everyone on their one year staycation and I heard crickets. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> I think the reason is because obviously we have mixed feelings about this whole year. And also people aren't really eager to be congratulated. <laughs> and, and frankly, there's a lot of people that haven't had our experience as a family. We're in BC in Canada and I'm a medical family. So, but it was my intention to lighten the, lighten the mood because this year has been a lot. So I really yes. appreciate all the encouraging memes and just the energy that you've got on that Instagram page. That's fabulous. So tell me um, before we really keep moving, because everybody might not have met you. Let me know um, a little bit about your homeschooling story or your homeschooling adventure, your parenting story. Um, You know, so my parenting story uh, starts back in 2011. At the time I was a public school teacher. I taught third grade, um, had every intention of going back to the classroom And then my son was born and all of my priorities shifted. And suddenly I could not fathom going uh, back to work. It was, it was just this instantaneous feeling of everything's different now. Um, And so, and at the time that was a a real, uh, a real battle within me, uh, which led to me writing uh, the book Detoured because it just, it felt like nothing I had planned. And yet here I was leaving my beloved career to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. The other thing that happened, uh, I was still in the the hospital room, uh, the recovery room with my newborn son on my chest. And I remember distinctly um, start, you know, you're, you're postpartum, so you're already emotional. You have all of these hormones going through. But I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like one day I'm going to drop him off at a kindergarten class. And this like, uh, this like visceral reaction came over me. And I was like, no, I don't have to do that. I can homeschool him. I'm going to homeschool him. I mean, it was like this, this, this feeling just came over me. Um, and I guess, you know, that was the moment because I, I don't know that you really know what kind of a parent you're going to be until you are one, because, you know, we've all said before children, well, my kids would never, or I would never, and this is what I would do. You know, I, I read all of those parenting, like sleep books and all of that when I was pregnant. And then as soon as he was born, like that just went right out the window. It was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put my child on this and I'm not going to do that. This is not what he needs, you know, because it's so individualistic. Your child is your child is your child. You, you don't know what they are going to need as an individual until they're in front of you. And I knew that my kid was, um, was a child that needed uh, just a lot of close contact. He, I feel like he was what the attachment parenting method was like made for. <laughs> he was, he was the kid. And so I realized um, that was the start of me realizing, okay, this is how I'm going to parent. And so I parent still in a very, um, you know, my kids now are uh, nine and a half and almost seven. And I parent and it's still a very attachment style um way. And so, you know, we did all the things that the baby books warned against. We, we bed shared, we, uh, you know, we homeschooled. It was like everything that I had 
not planned on doing was in fact what I ended up doing. Yeah. I was a postpartum nurse before my first baby and I had all the recipe cards with all the information I taught you and me about what you do and don't do. And I kept them, but Mm -hmm. I did not follow them. (laughs) And by the time my third daughter was born and I was in the postpartum unit again, um, the nurse had come in. She said, do you see the poster there? It says not to bed share. And I'm like, yep. Bye. (laughs) I see it. I got it. Yeah. It's different. It's very different. Well, you're very blessed to have figured out the the need to engage with the attachment approach right from the beginning, because I agree with you, you as a new mom or pre-mom have all these ideas of what you're going to be or how you're going to show up and you don't. And Mm -hmm. it's different. And then when I actually did have my first baby, and I agree, my first one was also the one that was designed that really needed that attachment approach, but I didn't have a sense of myself. So I didn't have a sense of her at that time. So I can't say I started off the way you did. Yeah. Yeah. You knew, right, almost immediately you thought about homeschooling because you're coming from a teaching background. So then what was your actual transition into homeschooling? So the transition really, um, you know, I, I was in this, I felt like I had a foot in both worlds because I still had all of my old coworkers from teaching, um, that, you know, we, as public school teachers, we would have kids come to us that had been homeschooled and they would be so far behind the other kids in our class. And so as a, uh, teaching community, we kind of looked down on homeschooling, you know, because it was like, well, you know, these kids are really suffering for their parents wanting to do this and all of this. So I, I felt like I, I was like, you know, this, this war within me of, okay, well, how do I bridge this gap? And, um, you know, and it was my husband who, uh, you know, who was like, listen, you're a credentialed teacher, you know, you can, you can do this. Like, (laughs) this is what you did for a living. You can do this. Um, and so I, I looked for a while to find, um, to find a middle ground that felt comfortable for me, which I think Mm -hmm. is just true for motherhood in general. You're constantly finding something that fits and feels right for you. And for what, for us, what that ended up being was a, um, a public charter school here that has the best of both worlds. I can go into um, their curriculum room and pull any curriculum that I want, that I'm familiar with, that I used to use as a teacher and bring that home. So I'm not uh, scouring the internet to, to pull things in that, that I think you know will work. Um, and so it ended up being this really, really nice uh, combination of both worlds for us uh, in having all of that curriculum at my fingertips still being aligned with a public school um, in some way. Um, But now I would say I'm confident now enough as a homeschooler that I could, I could go off on my own and, and, you know, seek out my own curriculum and do it. And I would have no, uh, no qualms about doing so. So I think in the very, very early beginning days, it was important for me because I was just leaving a career in education and getting my feet wet in homeschooling that, this really helped me kind of bridge the gap between that. That's really interesting that you, um, even you, because a lot of people assume you're going to feel certain of what you're doing, but you still were learning your child and you're Mm -hmm. still learning how they're learning. 
and how you're engaging their learning. And But the benefit, of course, is that you knew how to use curriculum right off the top. And sometimes I think the curriculum is more beneficial for the mom, the homeschool mm-hmm. mom, than it is for the child. Because if you have a full grasp of how to engage phonics, then you don't have to pull out the 100 easy lessons to teach reading because you already know and you've done it a few times. But that's interesting mm-hmm. to hear that. So your your story into homeschooling, you're probably, are you about four or five years in? Or would you say that you've pretty much homeschooled from the very beginning because your child is nine? Yes, I've homeschooled from the very beginning. So he actually, they didn't offer, um, they didn't offer a TK option when, um, when we were starting him. And so they let me enroll him a year early though. And so he tech, he did what ended up being like two years of kindergarten, just because I knew that he was ready for that extra, um, that extra year. And so, yeah, so we've, we've been at it then for, um, yeah, about that long. It's been forever. (laughs) So you're saying you're cheerleading stay at home moms, and that's not just homeschool moms, but moms in general. And what I have often found that myself, the reason I can be encouraging or supportive of other people is because I've had my own journey of discouragement and also feeling not supported. Where does your cheerleading um, emphasis come from or your encouraging emphasis come from? Um, it comes from, uh, the, the very early years when I brought that newborn baby home. Uh, we, we had a rough, rough start at the beginning. He, um, ended up having, um, a, a very severe milk protein sensitivity as an infant. Um, and so it took us a few months to figure out what was making him bleed internally. And it, it was just very, very difficult. And so it was at that point in time when, um, when me wanting to stay at home and me needing to stay at home became a thing where it was like, I can't, even if I wanted to go back to work, I I really can't leave him with anyone because his diet is so specific and all of this. Um, so there were, there were two things in that of where, um, I, it was, it was a desire, but it also felt like I was being forced into something. And then you combine that with a little bit of postpartum, you know, depression and, leaving a career that I loved and worked so hard to achieve behind. Um, and the day to day monotony of staying at home, um, you know, it just became this recipe for uh, disaster. I always say it was, it was this time of like diapers, dishes, and depression. Like I just felt like every day looks the same. There are only so many walks I can take around our neighborhood. <laughs> They're like, how, how do I do this and stay mentally sane? You know, my husband was going out to work every day and having interaction with actual humans. Um, I mean, my son was an actual human too, but you know, yeah, he I didn't know. get my sarcastic jokes <laughs> and you know, he, his little baby face would just stare blankly back at me, you know, so it didn't, it didn't go over, you know, he was a tough crowd. Um, and so it just became this thing where, you know, my husband would come home every day and ask how my day was. And I'm like, you know, I did the same thing in 15 minute chunks repeatedly all day long. I fed the baby. I, you know, I nursed the baby, changed the baby. We went for a walk. I played with the baby. Like there was, you know, (laughs) then I did the dishes. It was all very exciting. It was, you know, and so, um, as my children have aged and, and, um, I developed this love for being at home and all of the things that it offers, you know, um, 
just like, you know, working mothers have their own struggles, stay at home mothers have their, their struggles. And so I started to kind of try to flip the script a little bit and think, okay, well, what are, what are the benefits here? There are a lot of benefits and blessings of being a stay at home mom. Um, you know, I am not rushing my kids in the morning to get out of bed. Yes. Um, I can spend as much time as I want cuddling each of them. And, you know, and, and that's the thing is, is it does go so fast. I mean, it is that obnoxious thing that the old lady at the grocery store tells you, and you're just like, yes, I know. Um, that, but you know, me, this, by the way, I'm that old lady. I well, and now. now I will be that old lady too. So I yeah. feel, you know, I'm on the other side of it now, but I can, I can distinctly remember hearing that and thinking, okay, but he also just barfed down my bra. Like th- th- there's <laughs> like, let's, let's admit that there's, there's some great things and there's some really like gut wrenchingly hard things too. Yes. Um, and so my desire just came, you know, came out of all of that where I felt like, um, I feel like you do hear a lot of, of people encouraging working mothers and, and cheerleading working moms to keep going and that they really are doing it all. Um, but then I feel like, you know, those of us that are staying at home, there's not a lot of encouragement because if you complain about staying at home, you're, you, there's this feeling of, oh, I'm ungrateful or I don't recognize the blessing that this is. Um, and then, you know, how many women would die to be in my shoes to be a stay at home mom? So I kind of wanted, you know, to, to be the, to be a person, a voice out there saying, no, 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 I, I see you. I know how hard this is. And I want to encourage you in it. There are blessings here and there are hardships here and we can acknowledge both. Um, and we can know that, that all, all moms are just doing the best for our families that we can. We're just, we're just trying to do our best, you know, and, and it's okay to enjoy stay at home motherhood while also recognizing that there are days where you're just like, I, I'm so over it. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Amen, girlfriend. Exactly. And you know, like sometimes I'm engaging people or groups that very much want me to say, it is amazing. Homeschooling, parenting, it's the best thing ever. You're so glad that you've done this. You will never have regrets. You will never have those days. But actually, there are absolutely those days where you're like, had I known that I was going to do this in parenting, I might not have signed up. And that's true. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's certain moments that are so hard that I'm like, would I sign myself up for that kind of growth? No, I'm not Mm -hmm. that. I'm not that person. In fact, I don't know that many people that would do that. And yet it is beautiful. And it Mm -hmm. has all just as you said about the stay at home parenting, it has all the benefits. If Mm -hmm. you harness them, and it's really tricky to harness them. And yet we can harness them and still have a kid throw a wrench in it (laughs) on that day, or at least have a really hard time (laughs) managing our own emotions and not responding or reacting or projecting something onto them on a hard day. Right. Tell me about the inspiration for writing Detour then. I'm guessing it's definitely connected. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, once I had gone through this journey of um, kind of coming out the other side of uh, feeling all of those difficult feelings, you know, um, I felt a lot of shame about not loving every minute of it. Like I thought I was supposed to, um, you know, and honestly that probably stemmed from the very beginning when I was throwing those baby books out the window and doing things my own way. Um, you know, because it felt like 
it felt like following my baby's cues and my maternal instinct was, was wrong in some way. Um, because I wasn't, I wasn't going by the book or whatever. Um, and so when I kind of came out on the other side of it and thought, okay, I am enjoying this now. Um, but it was a really, really rough and tumble journey to get here. It was me recognizing that I did have to have something for myself and that having, a hobby or having something that I enjoyed doing and that I put time into was not a selfish thing. I think that was revolutionary for me to realize, okay, I'm not, I'm not just a mom, you know, I've never been just one thing. Um, and so, you know, motherhood can swallow you, you know, you have this baby and then you're like, well, this is what I do now. Like, (laughs) this is all I do. This is, this is it. Uh, and, and that type of, um, myopic view of who you are can create this dissonance within yourself where you're just like, Mm. well, I used, I used to do all these things. I used to love listening to music. I used to love writing. I used to love dancing. I used to whatever, but then now you've got this, this little being that requires everything from you. And so all of those things get shuffled to the side. Um, for me, what brought me back to myself ultimately was writing. Um, ultimately when I came back to my, my first love, as I call it, you know, I've always loved to write since I was little, um, all of a sudden the light started coming back in my eyes. All of a sudden my husband realized that, uh, I had more patience that, um, that I was, you know, um, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I had a different countenance, a different spirit about me when I was going through the day-to-day tasks with my child, because I was you know, giving myself what I actually needed. Mm -hmm. Um, even if that was 10 or 15 minutes out of the day that I would spend, you know, jotting down ideas or whatever. And so, um, so I thought to, I thought to myself, you know, if, if I'm going through this, surely there are other women that are going through something similar. I, I can't be the only one that's experiencing this. And, um, I just felt like God had taken me on such a journey that, uh, that it, it wasn't for just for me to keep to myself. Right. And so I, I can remember the moment that I turned to my husband and I said, I'm going to write a book. And, and his response was so funny. And it's so, so him, he just said, do it. <laughs> I was like, okay, well then that's what I'm going to do. And, um, and he was so supportive. I, uh, he took the kids, you know, out on the weekend. So I would have nice chunk time to write. And, um, and so I just, I, I, I wrote everything that I felt that God gave me, uh, to share with others, um, that were going through this, this, you know, crazy time of leaving a career to be at home and feeling like their identity was wrapped up in that career that they left behind. Um, because it's, it's difficult and you don't realize how much you place your identity into other things until it's taken away from you. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, well, that is one of the biggest five things or realms that I talk about is your homeschool mom identity is not your only identity um, because you become so obviously saturated and the kids are very needy because they're kids and that's a thing for them and you can never give them enough. That's not a thing and you're not meant to actually, but when you're so wrapped up in all of that and thinking about all their needs and all the different elements of their life and you have a lot to do. There's a lot on your plate and laundry and dishes and et cetera, <laughs> and driving them places, at least before this last year. Mm-hmm. And there's all these things to do. And also, hey, 
did you know that you're still a human being outside of this? Like, do you have an identity outside of that? And that took me a while too to recognize when I did, I'm like you in the aspect of I've always been writing and I've always Mm -hmm. been writing, writing stories or books. But when I came into awareness about this is who I am, I need to be writing to feel alive and Mm -hmm. my thing. Um, Then actually I went to a writer's conference and I came away that weekend thinking, why am I married with children? I should be writing all day long. I was truly, I didn't say it out loud to anybody at the time, but I was not happy for the first few mm. days. I had to get it into perspective that actually this is a really ideal life in some ways mm-hmm. to be a writer and to be a, a mom at home. I mean, I don't know about you, but I do actually now know how to write with kids around me in the same room, which I think is a very special gift. <laughs> I don't it, it is. It. it is a huge yeah. gift. Yeah. No, the book would not have been written if I didn't somehow hone that skill because, um, you know, there were times that I was writing and, you know, a Batman toy would fly past my face and it was like, you just, you just learn to tune it all out. It's like, okay. And you know, this is, this is life. This is what, you know, this is what it is now. Yeah, it is. Keeps it spicy. Keeps it interesting. (laughs) It does for sure. So what would you tell me or what would you tell others about your book? What is the cheerleading aspect or the content of your book? You know, what, what I do in the book or what I've tried to do is, you know, the first, uh, the first few chapters are, are, you know, really focused on taking the reader through um, just a lot of validation of understanding, like, if you're feeling this, it is absolutely normal for you to be feeling this. If you are jealous of your husband leaving the house every day, yes, absolutely. that's that's okay. If you, no. if you are, you know, I went through this, this period of time too, where um, I didn't want to spend any money on myself at all. And I know for moms, like this is typical, but I, you know, it'd be like, I'd be at target and I'd be like, Ooh, I really want to try the shampoo, but you know, it's six ninety nine, and I'm not, I'm not bringing any money into this house. So how, how dare I, try this for myself. Now, this was not a message that was coming from my husband. My husband's always been like, look, this is family money. You know, like I may be the one going out and earning it, but it's, it's all of ours. Um, but that was really hard for me. And so I talk a lot about things that will validate moms in those early days of feeling shame. If they, you know, shame, resentment, all of these things that can come up, uh, just in motherhood in general. And especially if you're a stay at home mom, these are probably feelings that you're going to feel, uh, they're uncomfortable to face and uncomfortable to admit, but, but they're there, you know, all the same. Um, and then towards the end of the book, I really uh, guide women um, to kind of do a little bit of a reflecting on what is it that's going to keep them uh, going? You know, what is it that's going to light their eyes up? For me, it was writing, but I take them on, on kind of, um, you know, a, a little exercise of like, okay, like think back to what you like to do as a child, let's, you know, like, so there's some questions at the end of each chapter that kind of guide the reader into this reflective, um, you know, thing where they can maybe think about those things. And, and so I, I tried to structure the book in such a way where readers will come away from that feeling really, really validated, not alone, because I feel like motherhood is so isolating I wanted them to feel like, you know, you, you have got a group of moms that are doing the exact same thing as you, even if you don't speak to another human during your day or another adult during the day, this is, this is what we're all dealing with. Um, and I, but I wanted to end it on a high note of, okay, 
Now you've got these tools. Now, how can you go and do something that's just for you? That's not related to your children. That's not related to your husband. That's not related to laundry or dishes. What's the thing that's going to be just for you that in turn is going to make you an even better member of your family. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That is beautiful. That is exactly what I think most um, moms need to hear, but it is really hard to hear it because there's all the demands that are also, you know, got a voice, but the, the aspect that you need to take care of you so you can take care of your kids, that that's very close to home for me because I realized that when I think, I think it was a, like a January or February morning where I was just done one year, I think the third year into homeschooling where I'm like, this is not what homeschooling was supposed to be. And I don't want to do this. <laughs> and I'm tired of having to repeat the same things to these kids that don't give a rip what I'm saying, or mm-hmm. want to do this beautiful program that I've prescribed for them, or, you know, they're fighting with each yeah. other again, or, you know, all those things. And I'm like, where is the bus? Just like, let's put them on the bus. <laughs> and, and then a non-homeschool mom friend said to me, you should check out this TEDx talk. And it was a Brené Brown TEDx talk. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how it related to the exact thought that I had at the time, but I listened to it and it really spoke to me. Hey, are you being honest about your needs? Are you being honest okay. about who you are? And no, I'm not. I'm not actually showing up for me. And it, it is so it's so contrary to the way I was taught as a child that, you know, give everything up for all the people around you and mm-hmm. not be taking care of yourself because that would be selfish. And that's not what you're called mm-hmm. to do. And it's exactly opposite in truth, though, because if it's not a self-centered, selfish thing that you should take care of yourself, it is, are you actually taking care of yourself? Right. And if you're not, how possibly could you give to your kids? You're just giving out of, I don't know, necessity, but, and then you're snapping and then you're, Mm -hmm. like you said, depressed or however you would manifest it uniquely to you or anxious or something, but you're not really giving them fully. So when you give you what you need, then you really are able to give them what they need. Absolutely. I think women have been um, sold the lie that if you take a bubble bath, and you get a manicure, you are providing for your needs and you're just going to be feeling so rejuvenated and stress-free. And I mean, you know, for some women, sure that might work, but when you have two kids banging on the door of your bathroom and you end up screaming at them, like, I'm just trying to get a minute, (laughs) you know, I mean, when you're having that kind of an experience, uh, no, I don't think that's going to be what you need. And I think it just goes much deeper than that. I mean, that's, that is not going to do it for me. I need to feel like I am using, um, the gifts that God gave me for a greater purpose. Right. And I, I think that's what it comes down to is, um, yes, motherhood is important and it is something that is, uh, obviously vital. No one's going to replace you in your family. No one is going to replace the role of a mom in, in your family. And so I think also standing in that truth and that importance is a really big thing too, because I think we can get kind of ran down and thinking, Oh gosh, I do all of these things. No one's really noticing. I'm keeping everything spinning, but, but you know, your, your kids aren't going to stop and and be like, geez, mom, thank you for washing those dishes for the fifth time today. Um, you know, so I think, I think it's both that you have to know what feeds your soul, like you were saying, and then also, um, recognizing that even, even if you're not getting, you know, the appreciation that you would love to get from your family, that, um, 
that you are appreciated, that you are irreplaceable. And I think just knowing that like nobody else is going to be to your kids, what you are, you know, what would you say is the unique experience or the difference between a stay at home mom and a professional working mom? You've been experiencing both or you're aware of both. Yeah. Um, you know, I think for, working moms, obviously I can't speak for them because I I haven't been one. I I left, you know, when I was pregnant, but I, I, uh, just in speaking with friends and all of that, it seems like, uh, the struggles are just always feeling the sense of rush, Mm. always feeling like there's just never enough time. And, um, and this guilt, this overwhelming guilt of, you know, of going to work. And then I think it's probably even worse that they enjoy their work because Mm -hmm. they end up feeling like, you know, I should want to be a stay at home mom, but I don't, I love what I do. Um, whereas stay at home moms, we have guilt on the other side of it where we're like, well, I am a stay at home mom. I should love this. And, um, you know, this is, like I said, what everybody else wants to do. So why am I not enjoying every minute of this? Um, am I not playing with my kids enough? Am I, um, should my house be, my house should be cleaner. I'm home all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, all, all of those things, um, you know, so it, it's really hard as a stay at home mom to give yourself a break because Mm -hmm. you never leave the office, so to speak. right? Right. Um, and so, you know, unless you, you finally just kind of come to a point where it's like, no, 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 like I, I'm going to have to do this for myself. You know, this is, this is time I'm going to have to, to, you know, set for myself. I think for working moms, their lives are so much more compartmentalized Mm -hmm. where they work and then they come home and then, and then they've got this concentrated time with their kids. So they are focused on like making the most of that time. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're spending this quality time. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas for stay at home moms, I think it's, it's kind of dangerous because we can get into this thing where it's like, you see me all the time. Like, what do you what, want? What do you want me to do now? Like, just, you know? yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, I have, I have no energy left to, to, to do anything other than just sit here. I mean, you know, no, I, I don't I do know. know what you mean. Cause at the end of a homeschool day, you're not like three o'clock meeting the kids at the door and here's your milk and cookies. And don't get me wrong. Right. I know I, most people aren't doing that, but you know, you don't have to switch hats. Like you said, you're not sitting, yeah. tell me about your day because you know, you know, you exactly. know how the teacher was that day. And exactly. you, know, you know, you know how they're engaging everything. So it's not got the same difference. The same yeah. hat thing going on. Right. Yeah. It's more like, what are the games we can play from the couch? Like, yeah. what, are, what are the things you want me to do that I can do while I sit here? It's a um, challenge so, to yeah. give them eyeball to eyeball time that's truly from your heart. Because I think mm-hmm. sometimes we're at home, we're with them all the time, and we're not always with with them. So we have to be more intentional about that. But yeah, if you're absolutely as a professional working mom versus a stay at home mom, I would say that's an advantage, even though I can hear the disadvantages. I hear it from other moms too. the disadvantages of, you know, feeling guilt about I should be with my Mm -hmm. kids all the time. And clearly, I don't feel that. Right. No, absolutely. Like you said, the the eye to eye time. um, I, I mean, I feel convicted by that personally. I, I mean, because you know, my kids have said, mom, you're always looking at your phone. 
And it's like, oh, yeah. I don't want, I don't want that. That's not what I want, but it's so easy to get into that, you know, where they're, they're talking at you about something and you're getting ready to unload the dishwasher and you're scrolling through email really quick or whatever. And so it's this whole, always be available for them. I think that, like I said before, they literally will always want you or need you, you, you be a playmate. They want you to be a playmate longer. I mean, right. mostly I think though, if you give them concerted time throughout a day, even 15 minutes, just like I would suggest to most homeschool moms to find something else to do outside of your homeschool role. But if you do yeah. just a little bit of time, then they can go off and play. But kids are mm-hmm. like, they're kids and they always yeah from us. So then absolutely. Go, I love you. I have listened <laughs> to your Lego build for the last 15 minutes. Now I'm going to go do something else. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Lego in your house too. <laughs> oh, oh, big Lego, lots of Minecraft. We yep. are, we are deep into, into that world. <laughs> I, I hear all about the different materials to build with and yes. the different create. <laughs> it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. So yeah, yeah no, really. I, I get it. So I hear when you were talking about um, our partners and everybody doesn't have one, but if, when you have a partner that goes off and has a different job, I've said this to my husband too, that but I'm jealous. Like sometimes you get to go do that thing and then you come back and it's like a whole different world. And his specific job is very people demanding. So Mm -hmm. he goes to work and he's like, yeah, but I was just dealing with like two people that were suicidal and right next door Mm -hmm. was somebody that got hurt on a skiing accident. And, and then home and this kid is fighting against this kid. And, and so I'm like, okay, so maybe the grass isn't greener. (laughs) Maybe humans to to have challenges and have to learn how to frame our parenting role and frame our professional role. And I think it's really useful to say, listen, my goal is so that I'm content and happy in Mm -hmm. my my role, whether I'm a professional working mom, whether I'm a mom at home or a homeschool mom that I want to choose to be happy. It ain't happening all the time. That's a given life show. Right. No, well, it's a frame thing so that I can be right. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, life is short. And whether you're spending these years, uh, you know, working at a job or staying at home or whatever, these are the these are your years, you know, this this is it. These are your years here on this on this earth. And this is the only time your kids are going to be this age. Um, So you can you like you said, you can choose how you're going to be spending that time. Um, Circumstances don't have to dictate you know, uh, your attitude or, or, or how you're feeling about it. And I mean, I know for a lot of women, that's kind of tough talk because we, we like to say, but you don't know my situation. Like if you, if you knew this situation, then you, you know, but the honest truth is, is that, you know, when I was just going through it, like, I just thought like, oh my gosh, I am miserable. I am miserable. And, um, And it was one of my best friends, actually, she, you know, it's always good to have a friend if you can that sees, that sees things from the outside. Um, And I told her, I said, you know, ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, you know, I, um, she said, I, I, well, I told her, I said, I I just don't know what, what I, what to do. I don't know. I don't know what I should even do. I'm just, I'm just stuck. And, um, and she said, well, you need to do something. She's like, I don't care what it is. Just pick something. Um, and so at the time I was really, uh, just kind of dabbling in photography and I didn't, um, 
I didn't, I didn't know what, what I wanted to do with it, but I, I knew that I was learning how to use this new fancy camera that we had. And, um, and I was praying about it and it felt like God just like dropped this into my brain, uh, to use that camera to take, um, maternity photos for our pregnant, our local pregnancy center for women that were going to the pregnancy center. And, um, and so I offered these free maternity photos that, you know, weren't great, but Hey, they weren't paying any like money for them. (laughs) So I was like, you can't complain too much if your, if your photos aren't great, but here, I'll offer this to you. Um, and what I realized is it felt so good to get out of myself mm-hmm. and do something for someone else. Um, and, and it just, that, that was the spiral. That was like the start of me thinking, okay. And then I realized, Oh, you know what? Photography is really not my thing. I writing has always been my thing. Mm-hmm. So I came home to writing again, but it was that initial, you know, going and offering something that I really felt super vulnerable doing. I felt, you know, because I was brand new at the, this. Um, thankfully I had a camera that did the work for me that, that, you know, but to be able to offer something to someone else and, um, and and do that was, was huge in getting me out of that funk. The the surprising benefit I found of finding your own identity outside of, you know, mom role is Mm -hmm. that your kids are benefited. Not only do they learn that mom's still learning and doing something as well, and maybe that's what I'll always be doing, but there's almost an easy codependent thing that's um, that can be bred as a stay-at-home mom or a, a homeschool parent mm-hmm. that, is my child happy? No? Okay, what do I do? And your life becomes focused on that. Whereas when you have an identity outside of the homeschool or the mom role, then you're like, okay... I'm doing something else. I need to establish boundaries with you and you're okay without me. And I actually think that has mm-hmm. value. Maybe I'm not putting that into quite the right words, but I, but I have seen that benefit, which I was not expecting because I was that person that always wanted to be a mom. Like I wrote in mm-hmm. my yearbook that I want to be a mom of 10, a missionary to Africa and marry Patrick Swayze. So I love it. Those are all good goals. Yeah. All good not 10. No, that was not a good goal. That was <laughs> a not very um, aware goal. But anyway, those moms that have 10 kudos, but that is not me. I don't have enough patience for that. Ha ha. I don't have no. enough for four. <laughs> well, I have two and I would tell you that <laughs> it's not there for that either. Yeah, that's not a thing. No, not at all. But no, I absolutely agree um, that the kids benefit you know, when they see that you're doing something and that you are, uh, you know, in my case, creating something from nothing and the steps to that, you know, they watched me, um, all those days that they watched me while they were outside playing and I'd pull my laptop out and I would be writing while they're playing, you know, outside or whatever. Um, so they saw the process of, okay, mom's been working super hard on this for all this time. Now it's a book we can hold. Now this book is in a bookstore. Like they saw this process. And I think it's so important for kids to see their parents work. Like you said, work on something that's not centered around them. Because, you know, the the honest truth is, is that it is healthy for them to know that they, they're not the center of attention all the time. Exactly. That's what I'm it, it is. 
Yeah, it, it's important for them to know that because then that inspires them to look at their own giftings. You know, when when you're telling your children, okay, look, this is what I love to do. This is a gift that God gave me and this is how I'm using it. Um, you know, I've told my kids before and I, I try to do it often so they they can then, you know, think about it is, you know, I can't wait to see the gifts that God has given you. You know, what do you think those things might be that, that you might like to do? And it opens up this entire world because you've already been modeling it. You know, you've been modeling this for them. So um, it's important. It's incredibly important. Yeah, I actually, one of my, my oldest daughter is 18. I keep saying she's 17. She's 18. She's probably leaving this year. She's been accepted probably as in she is. I just don't want to accept it. But oh. she, she's going across the country to ballet school in September. And this morning she said to me, I'm bored, which everybody knows that knows me. I just am like, this is an opportunity for something new for you. <laughs> yes. I don't go, let's do some house cleaning because I'll do mm-hmm. that way. But, and, you know, she said, I'm bored. And I said, I'm sorry to hear that. And I let her go do her thing. And then the next um, hour, I see her searching her and my 11, 12 year old son searching for a tent so they can set up a tent in the front yard. It's in the middle of March. So it is cold in British mm-hmm. Columbia right now. But I'm like, that's cool. You're creating memories, you're finding things to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, creating memories, I guess, in the last few months at home. And I see that and so many other little things that they do as just them showing up and exploring themselves or exploring their worlds, figuring out, you know, what they want to do or how they want to mm-hmm. engage their worlds. And and once upon a time, it would have been uncomfortable to let them try and figure themselves out or figure out mm-hmm. time. But now I'm like, you go do your thing. I'll figure out mine. You can do yours. Please don't be too loud as I go into the closet because this is where I, <laughs> as I do a podcast interview. But they're just happily going to do their thing. So I think that it really is favorable to to encourage them to go do their thing and whatever it is. Well, and that in between time between when they say I'm bored and you're doing something else, and then the time it takes for them to get started on the new thing, that time in between is really uncomfortable, at least for me, because all the thoughts that are running through my mind are, you're not a good mom, you are not giving them enough of your time, you should be using this time to jump up and quit what you're doing and go play with them. Um, which by the way, if you stop what you're doing and you go to play with them, you're not going to be a very good playmate. You're going to be a very resentful playmate. Right. I, I ask me how I know. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're not, you're not going to be enjoying what you're doing. Um, so there's always this period of time where I just kind of have to sit with it. And I'm like, okay, they're bored. They're whining. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do this. Focus, focus, focus. And then maybe 10, 15 minutes later, I will hear, you know, a, 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 not a, well, sometimes I hear a scuffle, let's be honest, Um, but I'll hear something going on in the living room or whatever. And I'll go out there and they're building a fort, right? And they've got flashlights and they're bringing snacks and they've, they're having this marvelous time uh, that was born out of boredom. Exactly. And so, and, and those are the moments where I think, okay, see, like, it's okay that you did what you did and it's okay to say no sometimes and to, to have, and let them be bored because that's where all the creativity is. It comes from. That's where they figure it all out. 
I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned uh, is about boundaries and recognizing where I end and where my children start. Mm -hmm. And it's tricky. Like we've been talking the entire time, but boundaries, even in your own separate time or in your own separate mental space, because sometimes the noise, at least for me, feels like a lot. And I just want things to be quiet for an hour so I can just think (sighs) my own thoughts. But boundaries, I think, are the biggest challenge as a stay-at-home mom. What do you think? Oh, Oh, absolutely. Because everything's blurred when you're home, right? So my office, my office is also the playroom is also the workout room is also I mean, there's like, everything's blurred into this, you know, where, you know, if you're a stay at home mom, your kids think you're always available, Right. right? You're always there. You're always available. You know, get me a snack do this. We want to go outside. We want to, you know, so there's always that. And so it can feel really, really difficult and really harsh to be the one that has to say, no, this is my time for this. And my kids, um, in particular have even said like, you don't, you don't need to, to write mom. Like dad's the one that goes to work. You don't have to do this. (laughs) This is funny. You don't, you don't have yeah, you don't have to. And it's like, well, I, I don't have to, but I want to. Uh-huh. And this is, this is what makes me <laughs> not go insane. So I need you yeah. to let me have this time because honestly, you know, for me, it is a mental health issue for me. It isn't, a, you know, I deal with, with anxiety. I deal with, with all of those things that I think a lot of women uh, deal with. And so I have learned, especially in the last year, year and a half, that for me, it is, um, it is absolutely vital that I make time to get on the treadmill every day. Yes. Uh, that is, that is something that I I have to do. It's non-negotiable. Um, you know, I, I have to spend some time and that's when I always know kind of, I'm going to kind of a, a dark place is when I put off the writing or, or that sort of thing where I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll take care of that tomorrow or whatever that's when I know, okay, you've got to make more time for that because Uh it is a, it's a mental health thing for me. I have to have something for me. So, and I think that's, that's true for every mom and and it's, it's going to require that you set those boundaries and that you accept that your kids may see you as the bad guy, but they won't see you as the bad guy forever. No, eventually. Yeah. No, eventually. I've actually learned myself that sometimes I'm annoyed that somebody's asking me something. So then my mm-hmm. reaction is harsher than it should be. And so they're sometimes reacting to the harshness more than they are the actual boundary. Mm-hmm. And when I actually believe in, if I really believe that what I'm establishing at the boundary is fair, then I don't have to react harshly and I can say it matter of factly. And then surprisingly, <laughs> they don't react. Then they're like, mm-hmm. okay as long as I'm available sometime throughout the day or something, the hardest thing, I mean, I've, I was talking earlier about writing with kids around me, but I have actually taught them that, listen, I might be sitting somewhere in your sphere, but if I have a laptop in front of me or I have whatever work in front of me, you can come over and wait, just stand beside me. I know you're Mm -hmm. there. And then give me a minute and then I will respond. And that doesn't work like clockwork actually, but my, you know, my, they don't even actually, it doesn't work like clockwork. And my youngest is 12 and my oldest is no longer at home, but my second is 18. My third is 15. And it still doesn't work like clockwork, but 
it it does work more when I don't show a reactive or a frustrated mm-hmm. stop. Please go away. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hi, did I just say that for everybody to hear that I do that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> because I do. That's my tendency. And I've learned if I lose the harshness or the reactivity thing that they go, okay, then I'll go do something else for a little right. while. Depends on yeah. the age. <laughs> Two yes, it does. Yeah, absolutely. So in the book, you encourage moms to go after their God-inspired dreams in the middle of motherhood. So we've Mm -hmm. talked about why is that important, but I'm going to ask you how, how do you do this? You know, it helps immensely if you have a spouse that is supportive. I'll, I'll start there because I know that especially, um, you know, for moms that, that have a spouse that isn't supportive, that, 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 you know, don't see the value in you having something for yourself, or, um, maybe they're a single mom, you know, and they don't, they simply don't have uh, a spouse that can take the kids, you know, and do that. Um, what I would say is it's still possible. It may just be a little bit slower going for you. Uh, like I said, my husband took the kids, you know, for, you know, six or seven hour periods where I could sit and write, but, you know, realistically, um, there was a lot of writing that happened in between doling out snacks and, you know, playtime outside and driving here or there. Um, there were some times that I wrote on the notes app of my phone. Um, and that's actually where the book started was on the notes app of my phone while I was nursing, you know, a six month old in the middle of the night, you know, that's what I, and I realized how rejuvenated I felt in the middle of the night nursing and just typing something into my phone. Um, so I think the first step, if you're not in a scenario where you feel like it's possible, the first step is, is to take tiny, tiny, minuscule, little movements toward whatever your goal is, you know, don't put it on yourself that, that you're, you're going to go and, and, you know, accomplish this tomorrow. Um, for me anyway, the, the writing of, um, the book and all of that and getting an agent and then getting a publisher and all of that. I mean, that was an over three year process. Um, you know, this wasn't something that, that just happened overnight. So I think what, what women will find if they'll give themselves the chance to find it is that taking tiny little steps towards the goal, the way you'll feel after you just start mm-hmm. will be the propelling motion and momentum that will keep you going. Yeah. So you will be amazed at how good it feels to just take the first tiny step. Um, and so that's what I would say. And, and as you do that and you realize, okay, these tiny steps are possible with my kids, you know, next to me with my child attached to the breast, you know, all of those things, um, you'll be more inspired to just keep going because at first it feels insurmountable that can lead to, to feeling like it's not even worth doing. Um, but those first steps are key. It'll, it'll, you'll be amazed at how much better you'll feel. So tell me, what would be the main takeaway that you would want readers to have after they have read your book, Detoured? Um, I think I would just want them to know that they aren't alone. I think that's, that is, uh, that's the reason I wrote the book. And now when I have readers that send me messages or, uh, or leave reviews and say, I thought I was the only one, you know, by the first page in, I was crying because I realized, oh my gosh. Like there are, there are others out there. Um, and so that means the most to me as an author, because that's all I wanted. I, I wanted to come alongside women 
that uh, were in my shoes of where I had been a couple years ago. And I, I wanted to, to let them see that they aren't the only ones, you know, I mean, I, I can think back to, to one night in particular, it was in the middle of the night. I was nursing my son and I walked over to the bedroom window and I kind of cracked open the blinds and I was looking at the street below. Of course, everybody's asleep, right? Like it's, it's an empty street with street lamp, you know, and I remember this feeling of just intense loneliness, feeling like I am the only one awake right now. This is, the world. <laughs> you know, you're sleep deprived, you're yeah. depressed. It was just, it was so, I just felt so alone. And, and so I, I, what I, what I picture kind of in my head, at this book being is that if, if someone is looking out their window, that they would see that there are so many other little lights coming on in the streets or in the, in the houses on the same street, you know, that, that we're all in this together and that there are so many women that are having the same experience. Uh, we just don't have the opportunity to talk about it very often, maybe because of fear that we'll be seen as ungrateful right. or, or whatever. So we just kind of keep it inside. Um, but I, I want people to know they're not alone. Well, as one homeschool mama encourager to another mama encourager, I got to say, I appreciate you in my sphere. It's, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. But I must say that I feel truly encouraged when I jump on Instagram and I feel like, yes, yeah, somebody's with me because they get what it's like to have the very first bowel movement after your baby was born. <laughs> and you remember that, like you remember every single baby delivery. So it's yes. a pleasure getting to know you a little bit more. And I encourage people to find you online and get that daily dose of laughter about parenting. Oh, thank you so much. Where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram. That's right. Okay. Yeah. On Instagram. Um, that's where I, I'm most active, uh, just at Jen Bobicon, um, on Instagram. And then I'm also on Facebook. I've got, I've got, um, an account there at Jen Bobicon author. And, uh, my website is jenbobicon.com. I would love to close our interview with three, I think, fun questions. I might have to rephrase that, but three questions that I always want to hear. Okay. What would people answer? What have you learned from your kids this week? Or what would you say is a memory that you've had with them that you enjoyed this week? Uh, let's see. What would I say? I would say um, what I loved this week so far is pushing my kids on. We just got one of those um, those flat, almost like a tire swing, but it's got a middle to it. Oh yeah. Um, and we just put it on our swing set and my kids love swinging in that super high. And so I just, we just went out, I think it was yesterday and I pushed them up so high that like the palm, the palm tree branches <laughs> brushed their hair and they just giggled. They thought it was the greatest. So that was probably a highlight for me this week that it was like, okay, that, that was fun. That is fun. Yeah, that scares me every time I do that with the kids <laughs> at the park. I'm like, I can't do that. I know you're going to get hurt, but apparently there's something called physics and law of motion or all that stuff. They What's just on? have to hold on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hold on tight. What's on your bookshelf right now? Um, gosh, I have uh, I have a few things that I am actively reading right now, but you know, finding time to actually sit and read is, is a little more difficult than I would like, but, um, I have a fiction called beach read. I cannot remember the author right now, but it was, it's been recommended several times by podcasters I listen to. Um, and so I'm waiting, I'm waiting to read it. 
um, until I, I'm in that mood to read a good fiction. I think it's a lighthearted kind of rom-com right. type of a book, which I mean, don't we all need that right now? Um, I literally heard a bookstore owner recommend that book yesterday. Oh, wow. See, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So I have that on my shelf. I, um, I just bought the, um, okay, what's it called? The cultural backgrounds Bible that oh. provides, so I'm an Enneagram five, which means I love research. And so to have the cultural background Bible that gives me, you know, all the, the facts and, and archaeological finds and all of those types of things from biblical history. Um, that's the other thing I just purchased that I, I absolutely love. Like I could spend hours and hours pouring into that thing. So those are the two um, on my, my, oh, and then I also, see, I have several things going Classic on. Writer, always reading. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm also reading um, Beautiful Outlaw by John Eldridge right now. Oh, really? And yeah, and that is a very good book. So I'm only about three quarters of the way through it. But so far, I have loved it. So last thought is you have written a book about detoured. Do you have Mm -hmm. another book coming down? I I have some ideas, but I'm waiting to feel uh, what's the word I'm waiting to feel like uh, to get an idea uh, for a book that feels like, um, like it's bursting to get out of me. They always say, you know, as authors that, that, you know, you should write the book that you can't not write, that you have to write, that you feel really, really passionate about. Um, and so in this in-between time, I've been doing some freelance work. Um, I've been, you know, dabbling with some other little fun, creative things along the way. Um, but I'm waiting to kind of, uh, get that download from God that's, that he says, okay, this is the next one. This is the next step. So, um, so nothing, concrete yet but I I have ideas <laughs> so I'm thinking you could take your memes on the road and you could like start off a <laughs> mom stand-up club or something I could I could do that that would be that would be fun but nobody would be there because they'd I all feel guilty there. for taking the time <laughs> to leave and go well I have learned to deal with that guilt so I would be there that's right okay good I'd have one person in the audience <laughs> exactly yeah that'd be a lot of fun though it really would it would joining me today. I really appreciate getting to chat with you. I, I have really loved it, Teresa. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to hear more about who you are. So come on over to my Facebook or Instagram page, Homeschool Mama Self-Care. I've recently opened a Homeschool Mama support group with the intention of supporting and encouraging you on your homeschool journey and also hoping that you would want to encourage and support other homeschool mamas too. While you're there, you can check out the release of my new book, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer. I've been really grateful for all of the positive feedback, but even more grateful in how it's impacting and encouraging the homeschool mom. You'll also find the show notes and links to everything you've heard in this episode at www.capturingthecharmlife.com. Please subscribe to this podcast and share this podcast with your homeschool mama friends. When you rate and review this podcast, you're helping other moms find me. Until next time, I wish you and your kids a charmed week. Unless you're having one of those weeks, then I wish that you can turn all your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms.